building an indie business in the center of venture capital. I am Alex Edmonds. People on the internet, they call me Supreme Ram Ham, and this is the Building an Indie Business podcast. All right, today I'm interviewing uh, Joy Valerie. She's a good friend of mine that I know through Twitter. Um, we always go back and forth, and she's great. And I finally, I wanted to have her on the podcast for a while, and uh, we finally set something up. So we talk about our businesses and uh, pricing. I get help with that. And uh, we talk about e-commerce a little bit. So yeah, uh, this is a great episode. I hope you enjoy it. Um, hello, everyone. I have a special guest with me, uh, Joy Valerie. We know each other from Twitter. We talk a lot, and I wanted to have her on the podcast. So uh, we're going to talk about our different businesses and ventures and what they're about. So let's get into it. Uh, how are you doing? Hi. Hi, Alex. I'm really excited. Um, first time we're getting to actually talk to each other, kind of IRL, you know, met each other on video. And I'm really excited to chat more about businesses and especially because we connected off of Twitter. And I think Twitter is definitely one of the undervalued social platforms right now and a really great way to actually connect with other business owners and content creators. Uh, for sure. So you uh, you run an agency, you have, uh, you have Career Digital, and you have Basic Brown Nerds, and you have uh, Build with Joy. So um, what's, uh, what's Career Digital? Let's start off there. Yeah. So essentially, you know, I have tons of ideas and I've always wanted to build essentially like a media network. Um, I come from the advertising tech space. And what I really noticed is there weren't that much, there wasn't that much content that was focused on social impact, on more educational type of content that was actually built by people of color, right? And people that looks like me, come from my communities. I'm Guatemalan American. And so that's why I started essentially my agency, but it's Carrera Digital is essentially the holding company for everything else that I'm doing and want to do. Um, I think in the last year, I definitely realized it's better to kind of zero in and focus. So I do have, you know, agency services that I provide for folks, but I'm kind of doing it now more under Build With Joy. So I have Build With Joy is essentially a blog and workshops programs for folks who are in business and want to set up their operations. So streamline their whole systems and be able to grow their businesses and then I also have Basic Browners, which right now is on pause a little bit, but it really helped me see the content creation side of everything and understand marketing since I did mention I come from advertising tech and doing more operations, strategy, and logistics in the media space. But that essentially, you know, I, I do want to make it come back, but right now it's like, all right, I'm a one-person team. I just hired my first um Two, two folks with me. So that's really awesome. And for Basic Browners, what we essentially do is try to tell stories of people in STEM, um, you know, the brown nerds, right? People like us who are always building things. But, you know, I think a lot of the times we feel like we have to be perfect 
and have to be the overachieving type of person. And you also have to like be a model minority. So that's why we kind of named it basic brown nerds, because at the same time, like we don't we don't want to have to be perfect all the time. We want to be able to just like enjoy life and, you know, celebrate brunch and be silly sometimes, not have to always be perfect. Uh, so it all kind of did grow out of one another. And it's a podcast. I have three seasons up on that and also about 50K folks. But mainly what I used to do with that for in terms of monetizing was events. So it kind of got to put on a little bit of a pause. We did a, some digital events and that really kind of fed me into focusing a lot more with Build With Joy because a lot of people were just like, okay, well, how did you build this via digital, right? How did you build a digital community pre-pandemic? Um, and really got me focusing more on that, the workshops, boot camps that I do, and done-for-you services for other small business owners. Um, my favorite episode of uh, Basic Brown Nerds is the one with Eric Rivera because I'm a huge comedy nerd. Yes! <laughs> and so I was just cracking up. Um, and you also mentioned in the episode that, like, in Hispanic culture, there's always, like, that one uncle that you um, don't know his actual name or, like, a friend of your parents. And uh, so my uncle, uh, my parents, or, or, like, everyone in, on in the family, they call him Theo. And so, <laughs> right. And so uh, I didn't grow up speaking Spanish, like, a, a little bit here, a little bit there, but I never truly learned how to speak fluently so when I learned what that meant when I was like 12 I was like mom why do you guys call him that and she goes yeah his name's Raphael and that's my dad's name so um oh and then also she gets mad when my brother and I now being 25 and 26 uh we call each other ugly all the time I'm like mom you call your brother that why do you get mad when we do it (laughs) So do you call him Theophile? Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> That's so funny and horrible. Yeah. But I think that is a very like Latino thing, right? Like everybody has these um I don't know how to say them in English. Apodos, nicknames yeah. that are just very aggressive. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my cousin, he was just here and he was talking about like, yeah, that's how I grew up. I grew up with all these uncles. Uh, my mom has five brothers and they all lived together for a while. And like anything that he did, they'd make fun of him for it. And that's just like completely normal. <laughs> that sounds about right. Yep. Yeah. Um, so I actually wanted to go back to your agency a little bit. I wanted to talk about um, what specific services do you do for companies and how do you determine your prices for that? Yeah. So, you know, I think that's something that a lot of folks struggle with is how to, you know, price yourself. So, um, first I'll start with services. So most of the services that I do is essentially helping, you know, I have the done for you service and that is essentially for businesses that are already generating, you know, good revenue and are looking to streamline everything, right? A lot of folks do not think ops first when it comes to building a business or might not understand all of the logistics that goes uh, behind running everything, uh, whether it's your day-to-day workflow or your content 
manage, you know, your content systems, um, thinking, you know, what are, what are the, the strategy that I'm going to use? What tools am I going to use? So I do a lot of the workflow setups for companies and how I kind of determine my prices. Um, so honestly, I think of a value system, right? So you want to think about how much value are you going to bring this company? So if you are going to bring them, you know, $10,000 worth of, well, actually, let's say $100,000 because that's probably more realistic. You just save them like $100,000 worth of labor, mm. right? Um, that's a lot of what I do is I can set up something, I can automate their whole workflow, and that probably just avoided them having to hire three people, right? So that's, let's say, you know, on the low end, that's probably about 100K if they were to hire just some customer service folks, some onboarding folks. And so you want to start thinking like, okay, well, how, like I would charge a percentage of that, right? Um, if it's a big project, then it's like, okay, well, I'm going to charge 10K because that's only 10%. Um, and it makes more sense for them to pay me 10K for something that, you know, maybe only took me 20 hours of my labor, but it just saved them having to hire three people and maybe train them. And that's like, you know, six months to a year worth of labor. So I think that's how you should like start thinking of how to price yourself is how much value are you bringing a company? So that's why you can charge more premium prices. The other thing too is, you know, a go, you know, that that's kind of where I've gotten to, to the point, right? Mm -hmm. But you also, when you're first starting and you might not even know necessarily what your services are, I think it's good to kind of start just testing, feeling the waters, right? Um, I, shifted a lot of B2, I, I do, that's like my B2B service. And then I have like B2C services, right? Which that is a little bit more of folks who are looking to start building businesses, the solo entrepreneurs, creative entrepreneurs who are like, okay, I'm, I'm ready to take my business to the next level, um, you know, or my side hustle, my, you know, my podcast, my creative work, or our freelancers who, or consultants who are now like, okay, I need to level up, right? Like I need to put down systems. Um, I love working with these folks more, to be honest, because they haven't had the bad habits yet that come with running a business for three to four years and you know you have no systems nothing in place and are just kind of putting out fires the whole time and that's kind of the people that I go in and save essentially because they're like ah all everyone is all over the place all the time and they're overwhelmed and that's how you burn everyone out but um, I love doing the boot camps right so that is more of my b2c type of service um well, they're technically other small businesses, but, you know, I kind of have to find them and whatnot. And that I do the boot camp. So I started even now I've gotten to boot camps, right? Um, I just launched my official beta, but even to getting to that beta, I had like 7 million betas before mm -hmm. then, right? I was actually going through now that I have more time after hiring a couple of folks, um, going through all of the recordings I've done. And I realized, you know, I started with doing a free workshop. Like literally I did a free workshop and I was like, okay, let me test out if 
if this translates to right, a lot of the services that I was providing for folks um, or freelancing for, I was like, okay, well, what if I start teaching people this, right? Like to, to actually do it. Um, you know, I volunteered to do workshops with, uh, with brands that I knew uh, or other networks that I knew. I then started doing my own workshops. I was like, okay, you know, I had a, a I was, I was literally like $15. I was like, here's, you know, like how to launch a podcast, right? Um, and then I started testing out different things, right? So I was like, I did another one that was like, here's how do you do time management? Um, I did what my bigger one that I did that I ended up getting about 50 people signed up. Um, I was like, oh, we're going to make a WordPress website together, right? Um, and I charged 30 bucks for that. And it was a disaster mm. because it was live streamed. Um, I was always like, we're going to live do it together, which was not the smartest move because I did it. And, and, and it's a lot of trial and error. Right. So I think it's, you know, first figuring out what the product is, then seeing how you make it simpler. So, you know, from that, I was like, OK, let me make it simpler. I made it into an e-course, a mini course, and I still have that up. Um and I also started offering like uh, consults. So I was like, okay, let me do one-on-one -on -one consults if people want to book me um, to kind of pick my brain. And But that also let me see what people wanted. Um, and since it was me trying to develop a new, a new product, essentially, right? Like aiming for a new market, which were the new entrepreneurs, solo entrepreneurs, um, that really let me start testing the waters as to what people would pay. So, you know, I started with like $60 consults and then I just started upping the price because I was actually getting booked a lot. And I was like, I don't have this time. Like, right. Like I was like, I don't have time to always be on the calls. Right. Um, so every month I started, and this was like last year, I started just increasing it. Um, and people were still booking. So I think that's the other thing, you know, like to determine like what people will pay too um but if you if you have to get comfortable with charging um start with a small product right like your mvp to be able to see like what is it that people are going to pay for and what is it that my service is so even now you know my boot camp is essentially like me packaging a lot of the workshops i've done um a lot of trial and error from consoles knowing what people will need and adjusting on the way like you're never gonna have a finished product right i think it's actually good you want to always be improving your product but also you know then you you take into the time that it took you to build it right that's that what goes into your pricing if you have like a physical product or an educational product like how many hours did it take you to actually do it right um how many hours will you be dedicating to the people that are involved in your program so i think those are really like the two ways that i go about pricing things. Um, if it's like a done for you service, thinking how much value am I bringing them? Um, when it's something that is more, I guess, tangible, uh, take into account the value that you're also bringing them. Um, you know, like most of my bootcamp folks, they made their money back within the first couple of weeks, just learning, like, I was like, okay, we're going to go through and do time management and also how to build a process that they were able to get their sales up because they were like, oh, now I have a system, right? It's not just me trying to book calls and being like, okay, I'm done, but being like, okay, now I have an onboarding system for my clients. Um, and then also, you know, the content level being like, okay, now I know what's smart content to, to be able to make more sales and bring in more revenue for my business. Um, 
so I think that's something to also take into account. It's like, okay, like you're, you're, what you have to offer is valuable, right? So you want to start thinking about how do I price it in a way that also it gives me time um, and pays myself first. I think that's the key thing is paying yourself first above all. And I do focus only on social impact businesses. So most people are always shocked to hear that I always talk about money so much, but I'm like, we can't continue to do good or build better businesses if we can't fund ourselves so i think that's always the key with everything right um and uh you do there's a clubhouse room that you do every week right about finance um i stopped doing those (laughs) Um, but just because clubhouse but yes we did talk about finances and i did work with um these amazing women we did the side hustle summit recently um yeah and we talk about money openly and i think more women more people of color and more more people in general need to talk about finance and money in general yeah i think so too because how do you know if you're getting your fair share if no one talks to you about money exactly and i think um you know one of the biggest moments that i had was actually you know we did this with basic browners we hosted uh, an event called let's talk pay a couple years ago And it really grew out of me sharing on Instagram just my stories, like what my salary was. And when I left my job, realizing that, you know, when I left, my boss was like, oh, okay, um, if you go work for someone else, you should get you know, 150,000 minimum. And I was like, hold up, sir. Like you were not paying me this much. Right. Um, and, but also I, I was paid fairly well. I was making about like 85 K and that was my first tech job. Um, I was at a startup and I did get paid in cash, whereas most people don't. Um, but well, not like cash, cash, you know what I mean? Like not just a lot of folks will get paid like, you know, way less than what they're worth and given equity. Um, and then their company never does anything with it. Um, but also, you know, I did get to work remotely. I learned so much and it gave me a good foundation, but even negotiating my salary and things like that, like I didn't know what the, the market prices were essentially. Right. Um, but talking to other folks in my industry, you start to to understand how much you should ask for. And I think that's why it's really important to talk to your friends. Um, and it's something that's like even very, you know, taboo to ask them, like, how much money do you make? Right. Um, but even, you know, my entrepreneur friends now, my small business friends, we ask each other, like, how much are you charging? Right. Um, how much did this cost? How much are you getting charged? Because if the more information we have, the better we all are at making money, right? Um, and also bringing that money and wealth back into our community. So especially with other content creators, we will be telling each other, like, did this brand pay you? Um, you know, how much did they pay you to make sure that we're also getting paid fairly? Because it only serves, you know, whoever is doing the paying to not know what everybody else is making, right? Um, and you know, taking a lot of factors into consideration. And I think that's why, like, you know, as a business owner, you want to pay well. Um, you also, I, I try to pay based on location as well, right? Um, and, you know, like what's equitable in different regions. And also, you know, you want to make sure that that way you're, you know, how much money you need to make. Because if you're going to just, 
you know, cut your labor costs. Okay, but like, are you profiting? Um, you know, you want to be able to to bring in and know what your target revenue is based on that. Yeah, definitely. Uh, very interesting. Uh, yeah. So, uh, you talked about your boot camps. Uh, so, mm-hmm. what would someone learn at your boot camp? Like, what? Take me through your boot camp, basically. <laughs> yes. Um, so the boot camp is intense. It is um, three hours every, uh, I think I'm going to actually do them Fridays now, but what we, we kind of work together. So I have a, it's a small group that I try to work with, no more than 15 folks. And we start from the ground up. Um, a lot of folks really love reaching out to me because they're like, I love how you make content. How do you streamline everything? You know, a lot of my content is automated, but it doesn't sound like a robot. Um, and, you know, just, just thinking more strategically when it comes to being online, right? Um, on your online presence. And, being able to convert that into sales and increased revenue. So the first half of my bootcamp, it's actually 10 weeks, um, is we actually lay down solid business foundation. So that is the business ops side of me. Um, And we will work together on going everything. And people think that they don't need this. And it's very surprising um, when I meet people that have this all figured out. We go through like your time management as a CEO. That's like the first thing that we start with is managing your time better um, and then simplifying what we're already doing to to be doing less. That is really the goal to do less and make more money. And, you know, we'll go through like how to build your your processes that you need internally for your company, how to manage your business finances, and also how to manage your projects and be able to start building them in a way that when you do start hiring, you have good systems that is simple for people to to onboard, right? Um, and we also go through like what your onboarding is for your clients, um, for people internally. And then the second half, we start going into content. And the reason I do this is because a lot of folks will have great content and they just want to jump in. But I'm very, you know, I can't, like I said, I come from content monetization and I come from advertising. And I think there should always be a purpose to why you're online, right? Like, what is the end goal? Are you trying to build relationships? It, it, it is all about building relationships. And we kind of, we definitely go through and we're like, okay, let's make this as efficient with our time as possible. And also um, that we have a purpose for what we're putting out there. And we're also bringing value, right? Because a lot of the folks that I work with, well, all the folks that I work with, um, we are social impact, impact-based businesses. So, The goal is to serve our community. And I think one of the best ways to do it is through our content and what value we're putting online because it's accessible, it's equitable, um, instead of a lot of us tend to give, 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 and we want to give a lot of our, you know, services, and then we end up not being able to grow a sustainable business. So that is really like the goal of it is to be able to own, you know, produce great content. But the bigger picture too is being able to own your voice and your story as part as as your business, right? Like your founder story and I have incredible smart people that I'm working with that I'm like, the world needs to know about your business. So a lot of it is owning our voice. How do we turn that into, um, you know, our 
our sales pitch essentially without being, you know, gross and salesy um, and being able to really connect with people and find like where do we find them online so that is a lot of what we navigate on the second half um so overall you know like i said it's it's really the 10 weeks i'm working very closely with folks um i do have office hours and we also have deep work sessions because it's not just about like i don't like just teaching people but i want to make sure that they actually get it done um and i get very invested in this so i'm like all right cool you know you learned it now let's actually do it because i think a lot of the times we know a lot of things but then we just don't we don't have someone holding us accountable to it and um i think that's why i love doing it in this cohort style because you have a whole bunch of other folks supporting you along the way too and building networks um in that sense right like tons of collaborations have already come from it and yeah i'm really excited this is going to be the second cohort but it's been like a year in the making of refining and building this out um and i've already seen like folks one one a graduate from a previous boot camp, she actually just like texted me that she hit her first 5k month. Um, so I was like really happy because I was like, oh my God, it's working. Um, and, you know, she works in the wellness space. So I'm just like, wow, like, you know, she's actually helping people and being able to make money and support herself and not having to work this job that she had before that took advantage of her. And I think that's really my main purpose is that people can sustain themselves and not have to be at the mercy of these jobs that don't pay us equitably or take advantage of us. Yeah, that that's all great. And then uh, you sell digital products as well too, right? Yes. Yes. So I have um, what I like to call mini courses and templates. Um, so I have, you know, how to work, how to build a WordPress site. Um, I will have, I'm refining it. I just put it up is, you know, how to manage yourself, like time management workshops. I do have a lot of little workshops that I put up um, kind of on demand, essentially from from workshops I've done before. Uh, but yeah, I'm going to be narrowing that down to just like the the WordPress word uh, mini course and also the the how to manage yourself, because I think that's that's the core thing to building any business. You know, you might know anything. You might know all the things. Um, and I've managed I've had to manage up a lot and I've had to work with lots of CEOs and that's the biggest thing I realize is um, really managing your time and then make streamlining it, right? Like making it as efficient as possible. Um, and so that's that's going to be the next little mini course that I offer um, in addition to the boot camp and done for you services. Yeah. Um, I remember Warren Buffett said that time is the only thing you can't get back. So manage it well. Yes, it definitely is. And I think that's, you know, that, you know, people say like time is money and you're just like, okay, I don't get it. But then you realize like, oh, wait, like I can, you know, I have to, man I have to think of every single second as like a dollar, right? So like, how am I using this as effectively as possible? But also, you know, maybe sometimes it's that you also want to build in time to be with your family, right? Because that's worth a lot to you. So I think those are the other things as well, like not just work, work, work all the time, but being able to, if, if I can work less, right, and maximize my time and use it most effectively, then I have more time to actually enjoy life um, and be with the people around me. And that's, you know, literally building with joy. <laughs>
uh for sure so um for everyone who doesn't know joy she's tiktok famous (laughs) (laughs) and the video uh that she's famous from is something very simple so like what is your process for creating content that like you know that you come up with the simple idea and then it goes viral Yeah. So I think that's what, you know, that's definitely one of the things that we kind of go through on the boot camp. Um, But I think the biggest thing is to remember that content online, especially social media content, um, a lot of people put so much time and energy into making like beautiful social media content. um, And, you know, it's great, but forget that you only have about like three to five seconds to grab people's attention. So I like to think of what the story is. That's the biggest thing with content is you're always telling a story. So even, you know, for all my Build With Joy content, it's a lot of how-to stuff. So it's like, what's the story that I'm telling people? So I want to make sure that I have, you know, a catchy intro summarize whatever it is that I'm doing and then also being able to tell people what the next course of action that they should take. So I literally, if you go through my videos, I usually have like a call to action. It might be very subtle. It might be like, follow me or DM me or, you know, answer a question, let me know, engage. And I think that's something that people forget online too, especially if you're a pure artist, a pure creator. Um, But you know, kind of my process for creating content is I think of the big top level story that I want to do. So I like to create a lot of series. I also, you know, will think of what themes do I want to focus on maybe for the month, for the week. For TikTok, I think, you know, the shorter content does better. You want to always leave people wanting more. So I will, you know, I, those, I, I actually made series, right, where I was like, okay, I'm going to think of like, what are productive tips, right? Um, the one that I went viral for, funny enough, I, I, I actually told myself, I was like, I'm not going to overthink it. And I think that's what people do a lot online is like, stop overthinking it. Um, and I just kind of spent one day where I was like, I'm going to do a bunch of tips, mm-hmm. right? Um, like how-to tips. I screen recorded it and I put it in drafts and I started just like pushing them out. Um, I think that's the other thing is that you can create a whole bunch of content at once and then just space them out, right? So that way you're not always glued to your phone, always making stuff. Um, but also I kind of was like, okay, well, my goal is to lead people to my my big courses, right? Because but it's still value driven. Like not everyone's gonna go and buy a course or a digital product or a template of mine, but you know, they're still getting value. They might be somebody that's like, oh hey, let me share this video with somebody else, right? That they then are like vouching for you on your behalf, but also engaging with what you have to do, you know, reaching more people. But also think about, well, I think a lot of us forget that we know so much and not everybody knows what we know that you really only have to give people like snack size things because and I I will tell you from experience, you can give people everything like I literally have free workshops and people like not everybody will actually finish them. Like even the free courses that I had up, not everybody was finishing the free courses. And then at the same time, I put a price tag on it and people actually finished it more. And I think that's the other thing is like, you know, there's the value psychology behind everything. People are like, what paid for it? I have to get my money's worth. Um, But also 
you can put it out there. Maybe like one or two people will actually like do the whole thing and learn from it. Um, And most people probably won't. Um, So you could even take that like bit. And we were talking about this earlier, like Gary Vee's method. I tried to go ham and I was like, I'm burnt myself out. Um, Also realized like I didn't have a full team like Gary Vee. So instead I kind of took a step back. And even what I'm doing now is thinking of like the big overall product, um, even going through some of my workshops. And I'm like, how do I cut these up into small little tangible pieces that are really like the snack size, right? Like the hors d'oeuvres that you're just like, all right, this is the big full meal. Now, how do I break it up so that I can build on that and create way more content um, that gets people excited to interact with me and, you know, join in on whatever webinars I'm doing, events, or just follow along, right, for the journey. So I think that's one way to start thinking of content is really it's the snacks that you're leading up to people, right? And I used to do that even when we thinking of the podcast, right? Like if you're growing a podcast, um, you know, for basic browners, we would just say some awesome quotes, right? That people were saying when we would interview them, we would, you know, put memes that aligned with whatever episodes were going on because those were the snack size, right? Like whoever was like, I want more then they would listen to the podcast episode, right? You want to like think of what's the steps that I'm going to, the user experience essentially, like what do I want to bring them to, to the last thing that I want to do that, whether it's a product or a bigger piece of content. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Creating snacks. I think that's the episode title. Ooh, I like it. I like it. Creating snacks. Oh, can you make it snackitos? Yeah. <laughs> that's what I always, me and my family will always say that. We're like, instead of snacks, we're like, ah, oh, get on snackito. Like, I don't even know if that's a real word, but we're always just like snackitos. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Um, you have a new podcast. Uh, a build with joy podcast right so tell me about that yes so builds with joy podcast i am telling the stories uh well i'm letting folks tell their own stories of awesome founders and folks that i've met along the way um so almost everybody that you will listen to i, I have connected with online uh for the most part in the last couple of years of me working in the startup digital space. Um, A lot of the folks are in the social impact space, meaning, you know, what they are aiming to do is they're still trying to make a build profitable companies. These aren't necessarily nonprofits, but the main goal is really to empower and uplift our own communities, right? Um, Our goals are to bring wealth into our communities. And that is my big overall mission is really to not just always be building for other people and letting folks, you know, tell the stories of Black, Indigenous, Latino, right? Like we, we're, we're tired of people telling our stories. Um, so my goal is really to be able to help other people be able to tell their own stories, but also have folks see them and be like, wait, they did it, right? Like that means I can do it because I think that's the biggest thing. And I've always said this, like, you know, when you don't see representation, sometimes you have to be the representation. And, you know, we have so many tools now, like like Zencaster we're using right now and, you know, YouTube and Zoom. And I think especially in this last year, everyone realized, like, wait a second, we can still stay connected. Um, that's something that I've always done. Like, I've 
gotten the chance to travel all over the world and I've always stayed connected with folks because of the internet. And I've met, made new friends because of the internet and been able to build businesses because of the internet. So I think really I want to use this as another tool to be able to you know, in a sense, let let people see others that are building it. Um, so we share a lot of awesome tips that they have. Um, I try to keep it real and they, you know, ask them like, what are some stuff that you have to overcome? Because a lot of the times we hear like these happy, you know, I made it and I made a thousand, you know, like a million dollars and that, but you don't hear about all the rough parts, <laughs> right? And all the struggles that folks had to overcome. So we get very real on that. Um, and I'm trying to keep it very short, like, cause I know people are busy. I know we all have short attention spans. So I, it's between 30 to 40 minutes. And um, yeah, I have a really awesome lineup. So it's Build With Joy on any podcasting platform. You can type that in or go on the YouTube channel and actually watch the interviews that are a little bit longer. Okay. We'll, we'll put the link to the YouTube in the show notes. Yes. Thank no you. Um, oh, I wanted to ask you about your e-commerce setup. Like what do you use to yes. um, like sell your things and uh, your boot camps, digital products? Mm hmm. Um, so I am the queen of testing out software. I love SaaS products. Um, I've tested out so many and I've settled right now for the time being. I also always joke that I'm like a software hoe because I will switch over to things if they're better. Because um, <laughs> I was like, I listen, I've worked so many years building SaaS companies. I know what I need. Um, so if I find something better, I will switch. But I right now for my digital products, I use Podia, which I think is a really great way to just get started. They have, you know, affordable pricing. I think like the lowest tier is like 30 bucks and you can $39 actually. And you can create digital products, um, you know, downloads. You can also have courses on there and workshops. Um, and then their second tier has memberships. I don't love the membership panel. Sorry if Pody ever hears this, but I've told them this mm -hmm. already. Um, but it also has like an affiliate program, um, which is pretty cool because you can, you know, share your link um, and it's a win-win situation. Um, and the other thing that, um, but even before I did Podia, and I still have some products on there, actually, I tested on Gumroad. Um, it does take a higher cut, right? Like the 6% cut. But I think if you're just trying to figure out what it is that you want to sell or, you know, how you want to start monetizing, I think it's a good way to start testing on these platforms, right? And being like, does it sell? Um, and, and, um, you know, they have memberships, they have Zooms. I also have a couple of like uh, pay what you can on there. So that's another, that's a really awesome tool for folks to start testing those out. So I love those two. The other tool that I use for clients actually, um, it's a like for invoicing, I like to use Melio, it's mm. called. And you should sign up for all of these and put the affiliate links on your show notes. Right. Um, but, but yeah, um, that one, because there's no transaction fees. So that's how I send out my invoices. And those are the main tools that I use for selling and getting paid okay. in Stripe, of course. But yeah. <laughs> um, I just did an episode on e-commerce and I mentioned literally everything you just said. Uh, Gumroad, 
ever. <laughs> yeah, it's the simplest one. Like, I think, yeah, there's all these other, you know, fancy tools and whatnot. But I think when you're just getting started, like, what do you need? Get it done. What's the most affordable? And then scale up later on, right? Yeah, definitely. 100%. Um, okay, so last question. You're always talking about what you would do if you didn't work in tech. So what would that be? Oh, my goodness. I would have a homestead. (laughs) (laughs) I would like I mean, I'm almost there, basically. But I would honestly be a traveling hippie with like a homestead that I go back to. Um, That was almost my life, to be honest. And then I realized I had all these loans to pay off. I like the bougie life. But when I'm not working, I am a total hippie. I spent my early 20s backpacking. And actually, I kind of started even my business on a on a whim. Not re- <laughs> I was more just like I used to work for a year or two, save up and then travel and backpack for a couple months without a care in the world. And then I would have to come do it all over again. So when I quit my last job, that was my plan. I had $10,000 and I was like, I'm going to backpack through Latin America. And then I was just like, then I have to come back and I have to work for someone else again. And I go through this whole process. Um, I had I had been um, doing that for a while. And I was like, you know what? Like, I've always wanted to build my company. I had started consulting on the side. And I was like, all right, I'm just going to do it. Um, you know, and that was the start of the most roughest adventure of my life. And I haven't taken a vacation since. But <laughs> um, I did travel while I was building my company. So did the whole digital nomad life before this, uh, before the pandemic. But yeah, I think if I wasn't working in tech, I would definitely be popping around taking random jobs just to like keep traveling being a nomad I would definitely 100% be doing that (laughs) what countries did you go to when you were traveling in Latin America um I didn't I didn't actually get to make it through Latin America because I stayed in New York which was the dumbest mistake I should have been backpacking through Latin America I only went to Guatemala for a bit Then I kept coming back to New York because there are a lot of opportunities in New York. And, you know, I did get a lot of opportunities and networking because of it. But um, but yeah, it was really expensive to keep staying here. Like I'm originally from here. I live about right now. I'm about three hours north of the city. So it's definitely way more affordable. And I'm like basically on a compound. Um, But yeah, no, it, it was, I should have just, I and I will tell anybody if you are like, should I start a business or travel? Do both, do it slow, go live somewhere that is way more affordable than a big city. Or if you're in New, if you're in the US, go to a smaller city where you can, your dollar stretches further. Right. Uh, you talked about that in the, um, in the clubhouse rooms you were doing. Yes, yes. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, I definitely I'm all about the fire life, but I'm very like I'm like on I think they call it slow fire. Um I'm like, yeah, I I want to live. I'm I'm bigger on trying to live as minimal and spend as little as possible, trying to make more money for later, but always like 
at the end of the day, it's like, what will make you happy, right? Um, I think maximizing your time and what you're focusing on being the happiest. And I know for me, it is like getting to work with awesome people. Like I, I get to pick who I work with. And I think that's something that I never used to be able to do. And I used to hate people that I was working with or what their values were. And now I get to do what I love. So it makes me happy. <laughs> that's great. Um, so where can people find you online? You can find me on Twitter. I am on there way too much, but I love chatting with folks and I love memes. Um, I am at build with joy and on Instagram, you can follow my very weird life in my stories. Um, and now I'll be sharing a lot more reels and how to's on there. It's at buildwithjoy.co. And everywhere else on TikTok and YouTube, I'm Build With Joy. So really just just type in Build With Joy. And if you want to go on my blog, it's buildwithjoy.co. Um, thanks to Alex, I am going to be leveling up to Ghost. Um, so built my server there. And it's going to be a very more streamlined process or it's just going to be a lot cleaner like the website and i'm very excited for that it's coming in the next couple of weeks oh too. for sure yeah i'll link to everything in the show notes too yeah oh my god that that tutorial that you sent me was so helpful um so i'm really excited because i'm going to be putting out way more blog posts and content um on on there because ghost makes it so much easier I know. <laughs> and wordpress is just like so much extra stuff that yeah i mean i think it's great but for like if i mean for landing pages and all of that that's what i still have to figure out in ghost um that's the next step how to do the i haven't practiced my javascript skills in forever (laughs) i'll try to find you a video on how to do that yeah it would be super helpful that's the only thing i was like okay so i have all my landing pages on on wordpress now and I had built before I tried to do that, the, the learning management system in WordPress. Um, there's just so much you can do, which is cool. But since I'm going to just be focusing on my digital products and the blog, definitely why I'm going to be moving to Ghost. Sure. <laughs> All right. Uh, thank you for listening. Have a nice day. Bye.